The beast with ten horns, a dragon on the shoreline, 144,000 sealed servants of Jesus, a leopard with four heads and four wings, or perhaps a woman with 12 stars on her head, or even two witnesses that were killed and then miraculously resurrected in front of the entire world. These are just some of the descriptive figures outlined in the book of Revelation. Yes, there is meaning and wisdom behind this and so much more that can be readily assimilated by every man, woman, young boy, and young girl. Join us now as we reveal perhaps the most challenging and least understood book in the entire Bible as we explore imagery and symbols from the book of Revelation. I am Mark Russick and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Good day everyone, this is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Today we're going to be continuing looking into the book of Revelation. We gave a brief introduction, if you will, uh, in in the last broadcast. And today we're going to be concentrating on breaking down the imagery and symbols in the book of Revelation. And one of my hopes in in, uh, covering this area is breaking down some of the misnomers or the misconception or the lack of understanding that so many people have concerning the book of Revelation. So it's my hope that we can uh, present this in a, in a fashion that people can understand it. Because as I said in the beginning, and it's written in the book, that blessed are those who read uh, and, and hear the words written in, in the book of Revelation. It's not meant to be some big mystery that the Lord or secrets that the Lord has kept from us. We're to understand it. So what I'd like to do here is is break this down and, and examining the imagery and the symbols. Uh, real quickly, as always, you know, if you're interested in, in topics like this or if you like things like this, please hit the like or subscribe button. Um, and, and again, we're on the, all the different social media platforms, all the podcast platforms. We have a YouTube channel, and we're just trying to get the message out. And as always, we're, we're trying to approach this uh, in, in a balanced manner where information is being presented on all sides. Here, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking specifically at the Word of God and understanding uh, the symbols here, you know, and, that, and that's my hope. But you can easily uh, process this, I should say, and, and relate it to historical empires that we'll see in a minute uh, of what has transpired and going back to the factual re- relevancy uh, of, of the Bible, of the Word of God. So here we go. We're going to look into specifically in this the imagery and the symbols in the book of Revelation. So since we're covering the book of Revelation, where else would I start but in the book of Daniel? Just kidding. Uh, you know, if, if you're wondering, well, wait a minute, what's going on? Uh, I, I'd like to begin with Daniel. We've covered this before, but for those who may have not uh, heard this, uh, a lot of the symbols and the imagery that we see in the book of Revelation uh, first comes from the book of Daniel, and, and we see the correlations there. So uh, just very briefly, um, uh, Daniel is, serves in the king's court. He was uh, His king at the time, King Nebuchadnezzar, was given a dream. No one could understand it, and Daniel stepped in and was able to interpret the dream, not only interpret the dream, but told him what it was. 
which the other people, uh, you know, of the court, the soothslayers, the magicians, and the astrologers could not, but but God had worked through him. And then if, if you fast forward uh, to, to chapter 7, Daniel receives this uh, vision, similar to what we'll see with John in the book of Revelation, of four different beasts that correlate to King Nebuchadnezzar's vision, which is why if you're watching this on video, you see the statue to the left, and then he sees these four, I'll call them beasts, or, uh, or you know, freakish-looking animals, but they have symbolism and they have meaning behind them, and it correlates with what we're going to see right after this in the, in the book of Revelation. So that's why this is just meant to be uh, kind of a primer. So he saw uh, a lion with uh, wings of an eagle, Daniel 7, 4. This represented the Babylonian Empire, um, and we went into detail as to how that came about and how we can know that that was, in fact, the Babylonian Empire. And again, on video, I've got the breakdown of this, but this is just a, a, a very quick refresher. Uh, the next was a bear with one size larger. He had three ribs in his mouth, and that's referenced in 7.5. Uh, that uh, correlates directly to the Medo-Persian Empire, which defeated uh, the Babylonian Empire. Following that empire was the Greek one, and we see that it was represented with the leopard with four heads and four wings on its back, Daniel 7.6. And then finally, there was a fourth beast, which represents the Roman Empire of the day. Uh, and, and the thing about this with Daniel, he was very troubled when he saw this. He, he even approached the angel Gabriel and was looking for uh, a deeper meaning to it. So I, I'd like to present the, what Daniel said here in 7, 7 through 8. I'm reading the Amplified. A fourth beast, which we know is the Roman Empire, was terrible and extremely strong. And it had huge iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down what was left with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns. This is important. So the horns represent ten kings. While I was considering the horns, behold, there came up from among them another horn, a little one, and three of the first horns were pulled up by the roots before it. And behold, in, in this horn were eyes like that of a man and a mouth boasting of great things. So you can see why Daniel's kind of troubled by this. So we, we see this beast that has the 10 horns. And again, I've got some uh, artist renditions of it on video. And just picture three of the horns pop out and up from it comes another horn, an eighth that has eyes like of a man and, and a mouth uh, th that boasts. So the, the first stage of the Roman Empire, that, that has passed. So what this is alluding to, there will be a beast that will come up and there will be 10 nations from it. And then when we see that beast with the 10 nations, three of the nations will be, I, I, I don't want to say plucked out, but they'll be um, led by uh, the fourth, which would be the, the Antichrist and what we'll see. Uh, so so that's, that's really what took place and is taking place uh, around the corner when we look when we look at Revelation. So I wanted to preface this by reminding the people if they haven't seen it or you know if, if they did that the the beasts that we're about to encounter and some of the imagery that we're about to see, we can go back to the Old Testament and Daniel and see where this first occurred.
So I'm going to try to break down some of these images with reference to what we just saw. And I'm starting with Revelation 20, verse 1. It says, He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan. So whenever you see the reference to the dragon or the ancient serpent, that refers specifically to Satan. And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. So picture, if you will, Satan standing on the, uh, on the seashore. And, and then John, this is John speaking of, his, of the images now that he's seeing. I should have prefaced that. I apologize. We're in the book of Revelation. And he says, and then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. So here you see Satan's on the seashore. And the sea represents nations throughout the Bible in many instances, I should say. So these are the Gentile nations that are coming up out of the sea. And it has ten horns and seven heads. And on the horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names. So again, the ten horns, remember that. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like that of a lion. So again, the three beasts that we saw in, uh, in Daniel, I reference it here. The lion represented Babylon, a regal power. The bear was Medo-Persia and had a ferociousness. It was a little bit slower as a bear would be compared to a lion. The leopard moved with great speed, which is exactly what the uh, Greek Empire did in terms of its overtaking nations. And the beast was the Roman Empire, forcefully and quickly moves towards world domination. Uh, continuing on, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and his great authority. So the dragon, remember, is Satan, and he gives the beast, the Antichrist, his power and authority. And it says, And I saw one of its heads had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And we'll see that in the book of Revelation later on, but uh, just cut to the chase. There is a point near the halfway point of the tribulation where Satan is wounded, believed to be dead, uh, and, 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 you know, it will be, it, it's kind of a mockery, if, if you will, of the resurrection of Jesus, even though he doesn't necessarily, uh, is, is, or he isn't necessarily resurrected, but we can only imagine what it may look like. And if you, if, and, and I, you know, I'm looking at this today, 21st century, thinking of artificial intelligence, he may be able to get something to uh, replicate or, or reenact his uh, presence, if if you will, um, but at any, but at any rate, he sees him slain and he's fatally wounded, and then he's healed, and the whole earth was amazed because of this healing, and they followed after the beast. So it, it was similar in the sense that Jesus is resurrected, which caused the great move of this church, and then it says, and they worshipped the dragon. That's ultimately what what he wants because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? So there you have the nations coming on the scene, the beast coming on the scene. You see the representation of these past empires that were introduced in the book of Daniel. And now Revelation 13, 1 through 6. There was given him a mouth, speaking arrogant words and blasphemies, and authority to act for 42 months was given him. So this is the... Uh, advent of the second half of the tribulation, 42 months being three and a half years. 
And he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, all who dwell in heaven. So Satan knows that this is the end of his time, and, and this is the beast, and he's blaspheming in the name of God. He's blaspheming uh, the Jewish people. He's blaspheming people who have gone on to be with the Lord. So these are some of your central characters, if you will, the central themes, the symbols. Um, I'm going to move to your uh, right. If you're watching on video, Revelation 12, 3, uh, the woman and the dragon. And we're going to be uh, seeing that next. Uh, it, it says an enormous red dragon. Dragon, again, means Satan. And it had seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Remember, we just read having ten horns and seven heads. So there it is again. Revelation 17.3 is another uh, example of, of, of the woman. And this is Babylon, the prostitute on the beast. It says, There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. So see, I'm sorry, here you see three different examples of the seven heads and the ten horns, which represents this world empire uh, that, that's coming together. And most would uh, readily admit that this would be coming out of Europe, but, you know, could involve some other nations, uh, North Africa, you know, whatever. But the, they will be predominantly Gentile nations coming from the West. The Woman and the Dragon. So I'm going to read a lot of this scripture, but I'm going to break down what these symbols are and who they are. This is a, a, a pretty famous scripture in, in Revelation 12. And this is John writing what he's seeing. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun. The woman clothed with the sun represents Israel. With the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. So she's Israel. The 12 stars represents the 12 tribes of Israel. She was pregnant. She cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. So she's, I mean, it's Israel about to give birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon, red dragon Satan, with seven heads and ten horns, the beast or the Antichrist, with, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. Those are angels or fallen angels that have aligned itself with Satan. We can go back to Genesis where we saw that, where Jesus uh, sees him thrown um, uh, out of heaven and, and, and a third of the angels. Okay? He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as, as it was born. So, again, Satan does not want to see this transpire for a number of reasons. He knows that it's ultimately leading to his death sentence. And also, if he can uh, uh, stop it, it means he's stopping the word of God, which would make God a liar, which he can't be. So, But that's some of the motivation behind it. Verse 5, she gave birth to a son. Now we're talking about Jesus or Yeshua, Yeshua, however you want to pronounce it, who was to rule the nations with an iron rod. Her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God on his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. 
This is the last three and a half years of the tribulation. So, and, and, and you'll see that this is part of the 144,000 witnesses that we talked about, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. This is angelic warfare, spiritual warfare. We talked about how this was pretty much prevalent throughout. Uh, the dragon lost the battle. He and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the world, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. John goes on to say that then I heard a loud voice across the heavens that has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, which and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. So the blood of the Lamb, and they, ha- they being the tribulation saints, and by their testimony, I should have said, I'm sorry. So they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. So these are people who uh, were alive during the tribulation and gave their life, and, and many of them martyrs, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, and, and then it goes on to say, I'm jumping down to yellow highlights in verse 12, but terror will come on the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. So again, you know, the, the closer we get, the angrier he gets because he knows his time is up. So he's going to be pulling out all stops, uh, jumping down to verse 13. He pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. Let me just... I should go there. Sure, I'll go there. So many people think that this could be an illusion that the great eagle might be the United States coming to her aid. I don't believe that's the case because the United States, represented by an eagle, uh, could be... uh, uh, preparing the way or aiding Israel in this case. I don't believe that is the case. I believe America will be decimated from the rapture, but nonetheless, I just wanted to point out that some people do think that that could be a possibility. Uh, then in the last part in the green highlight at the bottom, there she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and a half a time, meaning the three and a half years. So, you know, we see the 144,000 are protected, uh, that, that the Lord has prepared supernatural protection for them. And, and you know, we're not going to get into it here, but there's plenty of um, examples, supernatural examples that the Lord provides as Satan and his armies try to kill these 144,000, but the Lord supernaturally intervenes. So I'd like to jump to verse 17, where it's Babylon, the prostitute on the beast. Um, this, you know, again, we're seeing that, that same thing, Babylon, meaning the scarlet, the whore, the, 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 the great sinner, the, the one who tempts. There's different um, translations here, but it's really, you know, some will say Babylon is, is leading the dragon. It's actually the opposite. It's, it's the dragon leading Babylon, uh, leading the woman, the scarlet woman, uh, uh, or the woman dressed in scarlet, I should say. Um, so then it says, Uh, Then the angel came away in the spirit into the wilderness. Then I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, had seven heads and ten horns. 
the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. So she it, it's a picture of, of Babylon, which is going to be the city that, that's the second most talked about city in the Bible outside of Jerusalem. It's the, it's the hub of, of, of Satan in these end days, and you'll see that it will come down in an instant. It will actually be crushed at the end within, within an hour. Um, then the, the angel goes on to say here, I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has seven heads and ten horns. So the angel says, I'm going to explain this to you. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and yet will come up out of the abyss. So the abyss is a, a, um, a, a portion, if you will. It's not the lake of fire. It's not hell, that the final destination. But it is a location right now beneath the earth that where the fallen angels reside and where ultimately the Antichrist will come up out of and more than likely, I believe, possess a man. Um, and so you will have that. This is um, uh, one of, if not the highest ranking general in Satan's army that will be released from the abyss. And we're going to cover this in the next section when we talk about the, uh, um, what the actual, um, the wrath of God, how that's broken down. And this will come into play. So we, we are going to come back to that, but the abyss, just look at it as a temporary location right now for those fallen angels. It is beneath the earth. Uh, we have covered this before for reference in case you wanted to dig a little bit deeper on it. And it's, I think, pretty interesting. Uh, I, I covered a lot of this in where was Jesus for the three days between crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, and it goes on to say here, the call, this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are the seven hills on which the woman sits. They are also the seven kings. Side note, the, the city with seven hills is what we know as Rome today. And I will say that um, some believe that that could be a representation of a, a fallen faction of Catholicism. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. I don't want to um, dissuade or... Um, speak ill of the millions of wonderful Catholics, but there are some, and, 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 and I would say in other uh, um, representations of, of the Christian church and others that kind of twist scripture, uh, but, but it is believed, and you know, there are some interesting things that a, a great deal of the Catholic church will be around during the tribulation. So, keeping with the green highlight, the ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. So, it's saying the kings or the leaders of these nations will give the authority to the beast, the beast being the Antichrist. So, he is given ultimate power, control, and authority over these. And then on the lower portion with the yellow highlight, the beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. So they will eventually come and realize when you get near the end that they have been 
led astray by um, Babylon. They have been led astray by uh, the Antichrist, and and many of them turn on the Antichrist near the end because they realize they put false hope in a false god. Beast of the Abyss and the Two Witnesses. So we briefly mentioned the two witnesses in our prior section. Uh, I believe that this is going to be um, uh, two witnesses that are, are sent down from from heaven. This would be Enoch and Elijah. Uh, and again, the belief there, some say it might be Moses, uh, but the belief there is uh, Enoch, Enoch and Elijah are ones who were raptured in, into heaven and did not yet taste death. So it would make sense because in this instance, you will see at the very end of their three and a half years, they are killed uh, for three and a half days and then are miraculously resurrected into the sky, similar to, they go up to the sky, similar to what the ascension of Jesus was, um, and and the whole world will see this. So this will be another sign. Uh, So I'm jumping to Revelation 9. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. Again, this is what we just talked about. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a giant furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened, but from the smoke of the abyss. So this is where the Antichrist is coming from. So when this happens and the abyss is opened, you will see great signs in the heavens and in the atmosphere. The sun will be darkened. Uh, You may see a blood moon things of that nature, it will be very, very obvious in the physical surroundings. Revelation nine eleven. they had as a king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is Apollyon. That means the destroyer. So for everybody who says, boy, I would like to know who the, who the Antichrist is, his name is Abaddon, or, or in Greek it's called Apollyon. Um, he will take the the form or possess a man. Uh, We don't know the name of that person, but that is where that satanic influence will come from. Uh, Jumping over to uh, Revelation 11, and I will give power to my two witnesses. So they will be in around the Temple Mount area. They will have great power and they will prophesy a thousand and two hundred and three score days, meaning three and a half years. These are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks before the God of the earth. So they represent the Lord here on earth during this time. And it says, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth, devours their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So, you know, the Lord is not taking lightly anyone who would attempt to bring these two witnesses down. They do make many attempts and and they are thwarted. Uh, And it goes on to say, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast, meaning the Antichrist, that ascends out of the bottomless pit, out of the abyss, shall make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Okay? So this is near the end. So this, where you, the world will be seeing it, whether it's supernaturally, or if you just think about um, satellite technology, fiber technology, television crews, cameras are going to be there because they're going to be performing all of these great miracles and they will be able to be seen on every television set, laptop, uh, tablet, phone, just like you can today. Um, Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of this great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, while also where also the Lord was crucified. Uh, Jump down to the bottom of this. 
And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. So picture this. They're lying in the streets. They wouldn't even take them off the streets. They're dead in the streets. So for three and a half days, uh, Satan was trying to make a mockery, make a sign of these two witnesses and look at them there. They're, they're, they're in the streets. And then all of a sudden, three and a half days later, they rise. So fear strikes those who are seeing them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, come up hither. And they ascended up in the cloud and into heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. So again, picture this, that they're dead in the streets for three and a half years, all of a, uh, three and a half days, I'm sorry. So all of a sudden they rise up, they stand, they, you hear this voice come up and, and, and they ascend much, like I said earlier, similar to what you would think would have been the ascension of Jesus. They come up into the sky. So you, the Lord makes, shows them the world another sign that the entire world will see that he has resurrected them and that he has defeated the, the Antichrist. Um, this still has three and a half years to play out, but this, this happens in the, at the end of, of the first half. Uh, the resurrection and the rapture of the two witnesses may verify the earlier dis, disappearance of believers uh, which was indeed the rapture of the church. So this could be another sign in a sense that the whole world will know that miraculously all these people left during the rapture of the church. Then you see the rapture of these three taken up to heaven with this great voice. So again, this could be even another sign, another verification for people who would have not believed that they're seeing this now. So you see the Antichrist on the scene. You see him kill the two witnesses. They're resurrected. Now you've got uh, the, the remaining three and a half years for the Antichrist. And, and basically, all hell will break loose. The false religious prophet and the mark of the beast. Um, so I think most people have heard of the false prophet and the mark of the beast. Uh, th this shouldn't be any news to you. Um, and so I'm going to read again. I'm staying with Revelation 13. Then I saw a second beast coming up out of the earth. So again, this is coming up out of the abyss. It had two horns like a lamb. So, it, you know, and it spoke like a dragon. So, uh, you know, there you see it's almost mocking Jesus in a sense, it, it, two horns like a lamb. It exercised all the authority of the first beef, beast on its behalf, made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So again, uh, you know, he, he bears witness to this. So, you know, he is, you know, like, I, I guess the, the grand priest, if you will, uh, of the Antichrist. It performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. So the people will marvel at these great signs that they're seeing that, again, this is just the false lulling, if you will, uh, uh, of Satan saying, you know, see, see all the, this, this miraculous signs that I'm performing on my behalf. So he, it, it, it's a fearsome twosome, if you will, um, but that ultimately is given the power from, from authority, from, from Satan. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So this is where AI may come into place. We talked about how Satan, uh, the Antichrist, w was, was killed or wounded and that the image would, would come up again. And we'll see a little bit more of, a, of an understanding of what that may look like and where. 
um, in, the, in the next slide. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. So there you have it. So, you know, we're, we're near the end. The, the pressure is being put on. The false prophet has a great deal amount of, of authority along with the beast. And either you're going to worship him uh, or, or, or you're going to be killed or beheaded. And we know that uh, many people will be beheaded for the sake of the gospel. Those would be the martyred saints. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So as I sit here recording this today, it's April 2021, um, you can see a a prototype, if you will, that's being uh, practiced. And, you know, some people have even gone on to say with the vaccine and COVID that, you know, it's the mark of the beast. It's not. It has nothing. Well, I wouldn't say. I, I will say that they may be greasing the skids or learning how to do certain things or apply certain things because of the ability to track people where they are. Did they take it? There's, that's a whole other, that's a whole other issue. But my point is uh, today, if you go to, or at least during the COVID, the height of it, I know if I were to go to a restaurant or uh, a mall, they would take my temperature at my forehead or my, or my wrist. So it was interesting. I thought, that they were looking at the at the forehead and the wrist, uh, but and that says where the mark of the beast will come. But again, that's not today. It has nothing to do with today. The beast is not here. You're not worship. If you take the mark, you would be worshiping Satan. So there's millions of people who have taken this vaccine who know the Lord. Um, I don't know how I got off on that, but I did. I, uh, but I just I, I I wanted to put that out there. But I do think that it's interesting that. It could be a formula or a structure for how they roll this out once the uh, tribulation begins. The abomination of desolation. So this is another symbol, another sign that you'll see. Uh, The word abomination in the Greek means something that is disgusting. And oftentimes it's associated with defiling and or idolatrous. So disgusting, idolatry. In the Hebrew, the meaning is the same and is associated with pagan idols. So we know, if you know your Old Testament, you know how the Lord dealt with pagan idols or the worship of pagan idols or false gods, false religions. The word desolation means to be in condition that is uninhabitable and devastated. Uh, In all the biblical uses, the term can be understood as the abomination causing the desolation. So this will happen in the temple uh, at the three-and-a-half-year marker when Satan comes in or the Antichrist comes in and he breaks the peace treaty with Israel and basically wants the people uh, uh, of that area to bow down and worship him. And that's where, you know, you see a false image would go up. And I'm showing, again, uh, an artist's rendition of what it may be like on the temple and that this resurrected or, you know, however you want to call it, this the, the the fatal wound causes him to rise, but uh, it it also it could be you know it, this could be artificial intelligence. You know we certainly have the technology today to do something like this. Um, Daniel nine twenty seven, the abomination of desolation is mentioned three times. I'm sorry, 
in the in Daniel is what I meant to say, uh, 927, 1131, and 1211. Um, and from, that, <clears throat> from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, so again, their Jews are operating, they have the temple, the sacrifices are moving. Three and a half years later, Satan comes in, he takes it away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. So on that mark, on that day, exactly 1,290 days will be the, all that's left for the rest of time. Uh, I mentioned here Antiochus Theo Epiphanes, which means that God made manifest. Uh, we covered this in the book of Daniel. This came true, uh, as Daniel has alluded to earlier, before the Greek Empire, and uh, Theos Epiphanes performed the abomination of desolation. He considered himself God made manifest. He destroyed all of the uh, uh, the artifacts or the the uh, um, the tools, the, the displays of greatness, of grandeur in the temple, and um, he, he brought in animals to be sacrificed in there in the temple. He, you know, he considered himself a god or the god. So that was a preface to what we see today. So much of what we know happened in Daniel and the ensuing empires came to pass that this is what will happen in the book of Revelation in these last uh, seven years. So Matthew twenty four fifteen. This is the words of Jesus. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel. So again, this is Jesus referencing Old Testament books. His um, I, comfort level is not the right word. It's not strong enough, but his him giving the authority that the Old Testament books, you see this throughout, that they reference the Old Testament books. Uh, Jesus referencing Isaiah. Uh, let the reader understand and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. In other words, he's saying to you that if you're around at this time, head to the hills. Uh, let no one on the housetop go down. Don't take anything from the house. Don't even go to pick up a sock. Uh, how dreadful it will be in those days for the pregnant woman and nursing mothers. It will, in other words, it will happen in an instance, and and the greatest outpouring of the wrath and the fury of the Lord is about to begin. Uh, Revelation thirteen fourteen fifteen, uh, because of the signs was given to given power to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship uh, be killed. So again, this could be, uh, you know, artificial intelligence that can speak. So, you know, it, this is a bad time. And, you know, this is now, okay, we've only got three and a half years uh, left. So this is really the winding down uh, of the game clock, if you will. Uh, looking to wrap this up, I just want to point out that the symbols of what we see here, I, Satan throughout his history mimics God, tries to be like God. Uh, he is the great impersonator. And it's the same thing with these three uh, main characters. Characters is probably not the right word, but the dragon, which is Satan. You could say that he's drawing an equivalency to the father. Uh, the beast, which is the Antichrist, drawing an equivalent to Jesus as Jesus walked the earth, 
and then the false prophet uh, would be equivalent to the Holy Spirit. He constantly mimics, um, you know, it, 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 I, I say, I show here in the bottom, Satan has always wanted to be like the Most High, Isaiah fourteen fourteen. So this false head is just another example of his lies and his um, his desire to be worshipped, his his totally out of control ego. Uh, um, so he he tries to do this, and sadly, you know, many will get in line and fall in line for this. Okay, and last, I'd just like to point out the 144,000, as we know, is the 12 tribes of Israel. I show you a map. I give you an example of where they are from uh, during the the Old Testament times. And, and so these uh, ancient tribes were broken down. Some of the names, Manasseh, Ephraim, Dan, Gad, Reuben, Judah, Simeon, etc. So you can see that if you're watching this on video, um, I'm going to read Revelation 7, 1 through 4. Um, I'm going to actually paraphrase where there's an angel that has been given assignment to put the seal of protection upon these 144,000. And he commands the four angels that are to unleash the wrath and the fury of God and harm the earth and the people. Do not do anything until I've sealed and protected them. I'm giving you the abridged version, and you can read that in 7, 1 through 4. And then uh, Revelation 14, 1 through 5, uh, says, Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, meaning Jesus, standing on the Mount Zion, and with him the 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Uh, so you will see supernatural protection. It goes, it goes on to say, And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters, like the peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like the harpist playing their harps, they sang a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except for the 144,000 who had been redeemed. So they have a very, very special place uh, in the end times. They are called to be supernatural signs and uh, ministers and witnesses to the gospel and, and, and the uh, authority of the word of God. So this breaks down the different symbols. I hope this helped you understanding the book of Revelation. Um, next, in our next section, we're going to break down uh, what the, uh, uh, the wrath of God, the fury of God, how that's meant, what each one of these uh, symbols are, which are these, broken down into seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. And we're going to cover that in the next section. So again, uh, the, the objective here is to help you understand the meaning and the terms and the symbols of a lot of what we see in Revelation so that you too uh, can move forward in, in, in your walk with the Lord. Uh, I, I thank you. I thank you, you know, for, your, for your time here. Um, and thanking you for your time, I'd just like to reiterate, if you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate. Uh, email me at russicoutlook at gmail.com. Happy to uh, respond as best way I can. And uh, um, if you can, I would love if you could jump on the website, join our email list. We just notify you when uh, new topics are coming out. We don't do anything with it. Um, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for your time. Very appreciative. Uh, I hope to see you around the next time when, when, when we dig deeper into the book of Revelation. Uh, this is Mark Russick. You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. As always. Just my opinion.